ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Open up the jams here this week. Uh, we are back. We're working with a skeleton crew this week. Uh, we have a few traveling and uh, all over the place. It's one of those weekends where a lot of people have disappeared. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Too good for us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Billy is on vacation in California. He's he's brewery hunting slash attending a wedding. Yeah, more, I uh, would lean more brewery hunting. But, yeah, you know, I th- weddings I think involved, too. There, there, was, there was more planning of that, I guess we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, George is also brewery hunting, but that's that's normal, George. That's uh, that's how George exists yeah. in real life. Yeah. And uh, Ed's not here, but you know what? Let's be honest. You don't know when Ed's here anyway. <laughs> Who's Ed? <laughs> Silent Ed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we... We are working this week. Just Matt, myself, we are going to dive into, we're taking a little break, too, from the norm. We're not going into specific breweries this week. We're taking a look at a specific style since we are now into October, getting closer and closer to that Halloween pinnacle time of year. And uh, we're getting into some pumpkin beers this week. So it's a very divisive style, I guess we'll say. People, a lot of people crap on it because they they, they think it's a shtick and a gimmick. And, and while that can be true at times, it, it can make for a really good beer if it's yeah. done right. And that's the issue is sometimes, you know, a lot of people like to poo-poo on it. Had a bad one. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of how a bad one happens uh, as we go through this. But I want to get in a little bit of beer news this week. There wasn't a ton of rumblings going on. One of the major things that kind of came out this week, and they're still negotiating going on, but uh, AB InBev, we talked about that on here before, that they're, they are trying to have a takeover of SAB Miller, a merger takeover, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they turned down basically an offer that it was the equivalent of 104 billion dollars uh the offer was turned down because it's chump change in this yeah. <laughs> so i have that in my wallet yeah. <laughs> so they uh turned that down and they are still going back to the, the table but basically they said that they feel that that's a huge undervalue of the company i don't know what their value in the company at i mean i know it's not you know nothing i mean that's an international company but uh, it was kind of they they worked by that, that's actually i think what it basically was is the offer they made was overvalue of what the current stock is at too it's it's just cuckoo money it's just not even it, it, it's not something you'd ever see in your real life it's yeah. just numbers you're throwing up in the air yeah, it doesn't mean anything it's just it's so like boring. it's like a, it's like a million space bucks yeah <laughs> it's like a, in, in in negotiations negotiations like this are typically like almost like mating dances okay somebody has to throw something out there first yeah. just to get it started <laughs> and then kind of go back and forth and kind of settle on somewhere in the middle whatever yeah. that middle is they'll figure it out yeah that's what we'll see why ends up happening uh, I mean again this isn't like the huge this is primarily for the European thing that they're working on. So, I mean, we'll see where it finally settles in. I'm sure we'll get something probably within the next week or two. They'll have the uh, counter offer or whatever they're going to come back with and see where that one lands. But I don't know. Who knows? It's another one of those buyouts that we are getting all too I could just with. see like in some back, like they close the doors and then there's two dudes and they're doing like a beer fest kind of thing or maybe even like arm <laughs> wrestling that's going to like settle it in the end. Oh, like the, the movie beer beer fest? Yeah, like that's a little <laughs> set it in like, uh, I don't know, a chug contest or something like that. They're you playing know? quarters. Yeah. That's what they're going to settle this one out. Corey Garbounce. Uh, but uh, we'll, get, we'll get into a couple new beers that have come out. Uh, Stone has, and it's now hit the area too, their carrot, it's basically a carrot cake ale. Uh, it's 24 carat golden ale. It's one of those collaboration beers that they do that are really good. Like their collaboration beer, beers are killer. And this is another one. They have a few more coming out too by the end of the year. So they're really, they've Dove now headfirst and doing these great collaboration beers. So who is uh, who do do that collaboration? This with? one, let me pull this up. It is with uh, Julie Goldenberg and Monkey Paw. I think this is another one of those. Yeah, a home brewer. It's a home brewer recipe with uh, another brewery, Monkey Paw, the brewery, and, and Julie Goldenberg uh, won the American Homebrew Association. Okay, so it's almost. It's similar to the Chocoveza thing when they did it with the... Um, yeah, the, choc- uh, the Russian... Cho- yeah. They always do their collabs in threes. It's really bizarre. I, I would... My guess is that they have... Because they use the same artwork. I'm not saying this is the only reason, but like they use the same artwork for all the collabs. They just kind of change the colors out and a few little things and it just looks nice with three yeah <laughs> i think true. that's that's one of the things because they have it's them, all about that symmetry themselves baby. and then throw it in two others and plus also i think once you get this, uh, outside of yourself and then two other breweries trying to collab on something you're just is it even worth the headache at that point just to have someone else's name thrown on a bottle because you know anytime you get more people involved making some soup then the soup gets who knows what it is in the end <laughs> so yeah. i think that that's probably a part of it too uh and then also sam adams their nitro cans are going to be coming out in january 
So that'd be really good. They're going to have a nitro coffee stout, a nitro IPA, and a nitro white ale. So that'd be really cool to have them come. It'll be there. interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Oh, definitely. Um, and then didn't um, didn't Sam Adams are going to do the um, yeah. really fresh IPA? That thing? was the next. I was in t- they have uh, basically it's an inspiration from popular New England breweries. They're they're going for a super fresh IPA. Uh, from what I've gathered from talking to them, it's they're not really sure how much of it's, it should be out by the end of the year. Uh, they're not sure how far it's going to go initially. It's going to kind of be almost like a, a new launch that's going to be slow spreading it out because what this is going to do, which is impressive, is they are going to be releasing a new IPA, Rebel Raw, double IPA, 10% ABV, uh, but super fresh that it's going to only have a 35-day shelf life. And what he wants is if it's not sold in that time period, the distributor needs to go in and pull it off the shelf. So they, he only wants it. You're going to get that fresh, and if you're not getting it fresh, I don't want you to have it because that's the ideal time to have that. It's almost like they're taking it next level, like with the Stone did it and Joy Buy. They didn't have, hey, pull it from your shelf from a certain time, but they, you know, yeah, consumers saw yeah. it and go, okay, I'm not going to buy it anymore. Yeah, so it ends up sitting there anyway. Or Sam Adams is just stepping up to play, be like, oh yeah, you have to take yeah. it off. It'll see. It'll be interesting to see how distributors. Yeah, how they react to all that. Oh, we know how they're going to react. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. How they deal with it. (laughs) Um, And then speaking of a a fresh thing, Lagunitas announced that they're going to be bringing out the Born Yesterday Pale Ale again. Should be out by the end of the year. They haven't announced the specifics, but that is a phenomenal beer. What they're doing is it's basically being bottled and then shipped immediately so that you're getting it on the shelves in a lot of places, and it was literally bottled the day before, and that's the push for it. And it was only really, I got to have some last time, which was just as a, a thank you from Lagunitas, which was great. Um, but they really didn't make it outside of California. But now they're going to be doing it in Chicago as well. So there's a better chance it's going to be in a, a, you know, possibly even in our area as that comes out. I, see, I didn't know it was on shelves. I thought it was like a, a special order item no, they, only. No, they, they did in California. It was they bottled it and put it right out into the stores. And then same thing with kegs. They, they they literally went around delivering it themselves, it was like right as it was bottled. So you're able to get a few six packs, and and some places had it on draft, I and mean, it just wasn't widely available. But they're going to probably get a little bit more out there now. They're going to have it in Chicago, too. So it'll be really good. It's a phenomenal beer. Uh, And I'll plug a couple of events, too. If you're listening to this now, which means you're not at the Backyard Ale House, uh, but you're going to need to get down there later today. Uh, If you didn't go yesterday and missed, you got to miss seeing this beautiful face. Uh, I was pouring some really (laughs) good beers. And you missed, and I will tell you this right now, flat out, you missed a couple beers that you would want to check off your... uh, your bucket list of, of beers to try before you die. So, yeah, it sucks to be you. But yeah, you can head up there now. Your car now. You, there's a, there's a, yeah. there's some going on till one. If you really want to push it, get up there and uh, you could try some other ones. There's a couple different ones, and from what I had yesterday, but there's some other rare ones in their blind tiger tasting. Definitely worth getting up there. And if you can't make it up there before one, they had the fall fest going all day. I was there for a few hours hanging out yesterday, and it was a good time. Just having some really phenomenal beers and good friends, and it's a great place to hang out as always. And uh, another little event we have coming up. We've announced it on here before, but now we, I'm going to get the uh, page put up on our Facebook page. Look on Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Uh, we have with Peculiar Culinary, good friend Chef Gene Philbin, been on the show before. We're doing the Dinner with the Dead, where Gene is going to be making a phenomenal menu. And don't worry, it's not going to be anything Halloween like goat's brains or bizarre like that. He's The whole thing we've come up with, though, he's not announcing the menu. You're going to have to find out when you get there, but it's going to be this really nice autumn-inspired menu. Nothing gross out to do anything like that. That. It's it's meant to be a good meal. <laughs> so you're going to get some really good food, and we're going to have some really good beers. I have them procured, but until they show up on the doorstep, I'm not saying what they are because we all know how that game goes. So, But trust me, you will want to be there. Uh, it's October 21st. It's going to be at their place in Houston. I'll get the event shared. You can find it on, on ours later on, uh, or you can head on over to Peculiar Culinary Company and find the info on that one. But definitely want to sign up. It's going to be limited seating, too, and I can't see how this one's not going to sell out. We did a, lot, a really good event last time, and there's a lot of people attending, so should be yeah. pretty good right around Halloween. We drove past that mall yesterday. Oh, we did? Oh, you did? Yeah, I went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, the good times. Yeah. Got to see all Romero's old stomping grounds. Nah. But uh, let's get into some beers. We have first in our glass. Now, I'm not going to call out any favorites today because they all are favorites of mine in different ways. These are all really good. Like last year, we did a pumpkin showcase. 
there were some misses on some and things, but this year it was at the time to really fine tune like what we're going to bring on to really get into. And uh, we're starting out with from Two Roads Brewing Company, Rosemary's Baby. This is one that is my favorite label and name by far. It's definitely uh, horror inspired. And if you don't know what movie that's from, then that sucks for you. But uh, <laughs> it's a really a phenomenal beer. It, it's interesting because it's a 6.8%, but they, they aged it in rum barrels, and there's some vanilla bean into it, and it's just got these really subtle spice notes, but it's not overwhelming, and the, the rum adds a little bit of a kick, but it's not too much where, like, we'll have one later on that is very rum-like, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's just a really nice complement to those pumpkin spice flavors. You get nice spiciness from it. You get a little bit of that kind of like um, oak tannin-y kind of yeah. make you smack your palate a little bit. And it's actually interesting since we're starting with a rum barrel beer and ending with one to see how far the differences can go in a pumpkin beer. Most people say, oh, pumpkin beer is pumpkin beer. It's all pretty much yeah. the same little nuances. No, try this and then try a rumpkin yeah. and you can see the difference. Yeah, it's a style that has really taken off in popularity and like, you know, many people, I don't know what it is. I feel like this year I have noticed it a lot more, the people poo-pooing all things pumpkin. I mean, it's been murmurs, but for some reason this year it's kind of reached that critical mass of like, oh, all these girls in their yoga pants made like with their pumpkin spice. And blood, like, I don't know like, why <laughs> this year is it all of a sudden like did you just realize that this has been going on I mean it's been like this for years yeah it's, uh, it's just it, it, it's just a bunch of cantankerous people that like to have something to complain about uh, my my guess is uh, the more you get into beer the more you kind of have a, a, a knee-jerk disdain towards pumpkin beers and more and more people are getting into quote-unquote beer so there's more people just pooping on it so I don't know <sighs> I don't know to me it's like if you like it you like it who really cares about any of the other stuff if it's something you enjoy then you need to enjoy it and I, for one, for me, it's, it's a real big signal of the season to have some really good pumpkin beers. Like, yeah, look, I'll admit there are some really awful ones out yeah. there. And, and really one of the keys, you know, with a pumpkin beer is that spice. And if you mess that up, that's really where you're going to go wrong with this. If you go too heavy handed in that. I mean, walk outside. It is 57 degrees. The leaves are changing. It's beautiful out. It's sunny. It's pumpkin beer time. Yeah. It's fall, you know? It just goes hand in hand with it. And it, it's a good compliment for a lot of, like, hearty fall foods, too. When you get into, like, wild game meat, anything like that. Like, pumpkin beer goes so well with that. And it's, all, it's an interesting style because it's not really a specific style. Like, when you say pumpkin ale, that encompasses so many different beer styles that it's not just, like, oh, an amber ale. It has this, 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 and this. Like, no, a pumpkin ale encompasses a huge range of styles. I mean, there's pumpkin IPAs that have come out now, pumpkin stouts. You have all these different things, like, going the gambit, everything in between. It, it's not just one style of beer. So... If you had one, didn't like it, like try a couple of the other ones that are coming around because there's so many interesting. I mean, it, if you don't like pumpkin pie, if you're one of those people, you're not going to like this. Well, I mean, that's if you don't like pumpkin pie. Well, yeah, you should. What's be wrong with you yeah. as a human? I <laughs> you mean. should be in Russia right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so much within that 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 there's something for everyone in this style. It's not just oh, if you don't like this one, you're not going to like any of them. But, I mean, if you then I've talked to people that are just like, I don't like pumpkin pie. And it's like, oh, well, I don't, mm, I don't, I don't like you. Yeah, well, I don't mind <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things, too, people are like, uh, they're like, oh, it's, I'm not into adjuncts. And be like, listen, unless unless you're drinking a German Super Ryan Heinz Gaboot beer, yeah. you're pretty much drinking adjuncts pretty much in almost any beer. All your big barrel-aged beers and anything that goes into it other than the core elements is an adjunct. So just don't poo on pumpkin yeah. for that reason. And there's so much within that. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to get into a little bit of the history of this because it's an interesting thing leading up to where we are now. So we'll cover a little bit of that and then get into, we have a a plethora, if I dare say, Ooh, of pumpkin big words. So uh, there's your $2 word of the day. But uh, we'll be back here on the Beer Geeks on WILK. We're live at the Schumont Mall for premium Midwest beef. 20 ribeye steaks for just $25. It's a deal you're not going to find any place else. Nobody else in town can actually come close to this price, let alone meet it. 20 ribeye steaks for just $25. And they've also got seafood, there's chicken, there's pork, and they're all with similar bulk buy. So you can make one stop here and you're pretty much good for the season. You don't have to shop, you don't have to buy meat again until March. Uh, we're also here with a chance for you to win a uh, Penn State prize package. Uh, we'll talk politics with you if you want, argue with you if you want, whatever you want. We're in the 
main entrance by Applebee's and Ulta, just off the Scranton Carbondale Highway. So if you're headed north on Route 6, it's your first right. We're here at 1 o'clock. L.A. Tyrone, live on WILK. It's Dracula's Forest's 32nd year, and it's bringing the 2015 Halloween season to New Heights with its newest haunt, the Walk of Doom. Experience a journey by foot through the center of evil as you walk along a path where creatures and undead beings await you. Think you can make it out alive? Dracula's Forest is open every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in October, including Halloween night. Groups and birthday parties welcome. Visit DraculasForest.com. Wedding day, the most important and exciting day of your life. You want it to be perfect. The flowers, the music, the limo, the tuxes, the bridesmaids' dresses, your gown. It can be kind of overwhelming, but no need to panic. Just relax and head to the Northeast PA Bridal Show Sunday, October 18th from noon till 4 at Janetti Hotel in Wilkesbury. There will be over 30 vendors at your service with everything you need for your wedding. At 2.30, you'll enjoy a fashion show featuring the latest in bridal entertainment, gowns, and menswear. Plus, there will be door prizes and a cash prize of $1,000 given out during the fashion show. No purchase necessary. So enjoy a relaxing afternoon while planning your wedding at the Northeast PA Bridal Show, Sunday, October 18th, from noon to 4 at Genetti Hotel in Wilkesbury. Presented by Savvy Formal Wear by Sarno and & Son and the Bridal Chateau. Sponsored by Frankie Carl Productions, John Mackey Design, and Theory Salon & Wellness. Brides can register free at nepabridalshow.com. All right, back here with some more delicious pumpkin beers here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Uh, so we just poured a brand new one that just came out. This is from Boulevard Brewing. This is their Funky Pumpkin. Uh, it's a pumpkin sour ale. As I said, this is a style that encompasses a lot of different beer styles in and of themselves. And uh, getting into the whole pumpkin thing, there's a or the whole sour thing. There's a few other breweries that have experimented with that, and we have one coming up again, another sour one. But it's just a really nice complimentary thing. Like Jolly Pumpkin does a really good one, which is just kind of an obvious thing to to get into that one. Yeah, it's it's nice to go back. Is like how we're doing it today. We're going, you know, ale, sour, ale, sour, yeah. and going back and forth with that, and it just. It freshens you up every single time you go back yeah. and forth between the beers and just makes everything pop. It's awesome. And so it's like it's a really subtle thing with this one, which is nice. But I want to get a little bit of the, the history on this because it's an interesting thing because uh, in, in beer, we love our puns and we love our history facts that we love to sit down at the bar and, and uh, think that we're impressing the person next to us by reciting it to them. You know, one of the things people love to say, and, you, and it's funny because you see in a lot of bars too, is the whole Ben Franklin quote of beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Well, the only thing is he never said that. Uh, and just kind of gone through the, the years of people quote, like putting that quote to him. But actually it was what they, they've been able to pin it down to is there was a letter he wrote to a friend that had something to do with a wedding they were attending. And he was referencing the wine at the wedding and how it's amazing that they were able to turn all these beautiful grapes. And all they had to do is combine it with water and have this fantastic wine. And it's surely proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy no mention of beer and they've tried to go back and figure out where did this come from and the earliest they can really find is sometime in the 90s somebody quoted him as saying that and it just and just off. took off and yeah, they don't even know who misquoted him and it was not till like you know what 200 some years later that that happened and it's like oh okay well we'll just run with it and that's what we'll have to do and then one of the other things we love to quote is how the settlers landed at Plymouth Rock because they ran out of beer which is kind of a half-truth. There was a lot more to it than that, but it, the, the truth is that you know they couldn't drink the water because it was dirty. It's another thing we, we all know, um, so they had to drink the beer. But when they arrived, they couldn't really just start brewing beer. They had to find some ingredients because it was either wait for them to send it over from England, which who knows how long that would take. Yeah. So they had to try to figure out how to brew it themselves. So one of the things they started doing was just planting all these crops that, that would grow in this harsh conditions and this hard, like this non-good soil. And pumpkins are notorious for being able to grow in a lot of bad conditions and, you know, irrelevant of a lot of the soil. They can work through it. And they wound up using pumpkins in a lot of their beers because it would have... Uh, it does have some fermentable sugars in it. doesn't really give off any flavors if you've ever bitten into a raw pumpkin. That's not what we're tasting when we talk about pumpkin beers. And they wound up using that in a lot of the beers, and it kind of stayed that way uh, for a good period of time. And even George Washington had brewed with pumpkins, and a lot of like the, our founding fathers that were home brewers 
It became kind of not a common ingredient it's not something you always have on hand, but it was used a lot. And what they wound up doing over time, then as the settlers came in from Germany and everything, and the Rheinheitsgebot settled in, and then it was, you can't use that stuff. It's only these, and they wound up eliminating a lot of that stuff and stayed that way, and that's why we saw that stagnation in beer, and it became, you know, a handful of breweries brewing the same beer because they all were adhering to that strict thing, and it wasn't until a long time later that they started to break out of that, and home brewing started happening, and then in the 80s, uh, Buffalo Bill, it's a brew pub out in California, it actually is, you can still find it now, their pumpkin ale is available every year, and they actually just came out with a new one, I think a pumpkin stout this year. I, I haven't tried that one. Um, but that was what is considered the first pumpkin beer. And like that's the difference when we say pumpkin beer or pumpkin ale or whatever. What we're saying is there's a difference between pumpkin in beer, which is what the settlers had, and pumpkin beer, which is basically what we want is pumpkin pie beer. And that was the mistake that, that when Buffalo Bill was like doing this style, he went and recreated George Washington's original homebrew recipe and you know did all the things like he even cooked the pumpkin a little bit and threw it in and when it was done he didn't taste what he thought he would taste and then he realized oh it's pumpkin spice that from the pumpkin pie that I, uh, that's what I'm thinking of and he went made a little bit of a tea using that spice put that out there and that's what wound up becoming you know the what we now consider pumpkin ale and that slowly took off for him and started to become what we now know and that's really what we're tasting in a lot of pumpkin beers like there are a fair amount of pumpkin beers that don't even have pumpkin in them too it's yeah. just using the pumpkin spice which is ginger nutmeg clove allspice and cinnamon those have are you, the primary have you ever had actual like buffalo bills like pumpkin beer have you actually ever had that one yeah uh it, it probably for the time really good uh yeah. it, it's 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 dated yeah it's kind, it it's, it's it's light uh, it's almost a little too light. Like that's what I'll say. It, it, it's a little too. Is it Buffalo light. Bill Brewing? Uh, yeah, I think it's just Buffalo Bills. I mean, I can see the label in my head. Um, but I, I mean, I'll look it up here. Uh, a total side note. I'm curious if he doesn't have a beer that says, "Would you drink me? I drink me." I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to try. Let's see if it gets over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Buffalo Bills Brewery. Uh, they're out of Hayward, California. That's where they're at. Nice. But um, like, yeah, I mean, they, they started the style out. I mean, that's really where you see a lot of you know original beer styles. Like when they, when the first beer came out, it kind of gets eclipsed by others, and which is how things should be with anything mm-hmm. with music. I mean, otherwise we'd still all be sitting around the Listening old to polka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with our wind-up record players. I mean, it, that's how it should be. It's just kind of eclipsing, and that's really what I'm happening to them. And, I mean, people still love it. I'm not going to say it's an awful beer. I mean, people do still enjoy it. It's just it's it's fairly light, especially compared to the ones that have been coming out now, like this, like the new one from Boulevard. Having this, like getting that, st- that sour style incorporated just really brings out, like, the subtle tartness within this. And it's super, super easy drinking, too. And it's actually lighter than our last one. It's only it's 5.8%, and it's got a fair complexity and everything. If you're a sour beer fan, like, you have to try this one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's more tart than sour, but at the same time, it's, like you said, it's infinitely drinkable. You can drink a bunch of them without getting, you know, your stomach going sideways. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the whole gut rot thing, and then having them to book a dentist appointment the next day, that whole thing where sour sometimes can go a little over the top. Like, your yeah. tailor, you're talking about the uh, IPA says challenge beers, almost sours are going down. Route now to where like how can we make the most acidic, yeah, and destroyable sour, on and, Earth? and that's that's really uh, of all the beer styles, a sour beer style is not one that you want to overindulge in. Um, and if you ever have, then you know the pains of that because basically what will wind up happening is you'll throw the pH balance off in your stomach. And uh, you're going to do that to yourself, then you're going to have a whole bunch of problems coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't get into that on the radio because some of you might be eaten, but uh, <laughs> it's it's just not something you want to do to yourself. But, I mean, it's it, they're great beers, and it's nice to see this experiment going on with, with all these different ones. And um, we just cracked open another one. Now, this is from Ninkasi, another brewery that we had on the show before, and uh, we did... Last winter, they do a beer in the the winter called Slayer. Best name ever. Yeah, it's an <laughs> it uses the, the band Slayer logo. It's S L E I G H hyphen or apostrophe R. Uh, and then the winter one has Santa Claus on it. So I mean, that's what it's, it's <laughs> been the sleigh. Um, but what they did this year, they have a pumpkin slayer, and it's a, basically it's a it's a large double. It's an alt beer, but it's a double alt. They call it. So it's just an imperial alt beer, which is just a really nice malty uh, German style of beer that's like super drinkable. And a good alt beer is oh, you could drink them all day. And they they've done this. I haven't. This is a brand. When did they actually start? Yeah, this is just just this year. This is the first time they started doing this. this. Is another brand new one. Just a lot of breweries are really getting into this pumpkin beer style too, and they're not 
and they're not jumping in onto a bandwagon or anything like they are really experimenting with it. So you said that uh, this was originally uh, conceived as a Christmas beer, and then yeah. you kind of like tweaked it to make it more of a pumpkin beer. You can actually get this. You can get a lot of winter warmer out of it. ton of sugars, a ton of clove, a ton of spice. Ooh, wow, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's probably one of the more interesting pumpkin beers I've had of late. Very impactful. Yeah. This is, and what is the ABV on this? Was, nine, I think. Yeah, 9%. Yeah, this is definitely getting... It's nice. You do get a lot of that brown sugar yeah. coming through, which is like really nice. I mean, it's like this would be a great one to have at Thanksgiving. I oh, can yeah. see this like having a lot of like... Like dirty. at the end of the meal when yeah. you're like, you're kind of overloaded already with flavor where this kind of just... You can still taste the beer. Yeah, <laughs> and having that with the, with some nice desserts or anything. Just yeah. like they would really bring out that, that brown sugar in it. But it's really, I mean, like the, the alt beer style, like I love. It's just so easy drinking, and I love when when breweries will experiment. It's not, it's not a uh, darling style that you hear a lot of people. And uh, you know, alt beers are typically associated with you know Germany yeah. and um, and um, Oktoberfest. Is is this the last day of Oktoberfest, or is it last weekend? I think it was last because last it started week, last Sunday. Yeah, I think in it October, started the right? third. I think it was the twenty something of September. I forget what year what day it started on this year, but it was the tw- I think it was last weekend was the last uh, the end of it. Oh, okay. But yeah, which is you know, it was one of the funny things. I remember when I was uh, younger, I uh, wound up going over to Germany and like was there in October. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be there for the Oktoberfest. Nope. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. I don't really. It's it's not in October. Which I'm wondering how many people have just never done any research and just gone and then like, oh crap. <laughs> a, for a good friend of mine actually just went this year, so it was last week. Oh really? Actually. Yeah, because I know it. It starts. Uh, what is it? Two to three weeks long. The la- it ends the last first weekend of October is when it. Yeah, actually it's, ends. Yeah, that, that that they have the end date set and then they they push it to whatever the time period they want yeah. before and then it kind of goes I don't know if I could do that one I don't like that would just be he crossed off two of my buck list he went to, and drove the Nuremberg ring and then went oh, to wow. and then went to Oktoberfest that's a great little vacation. oh yeah that's a good time <laughs> yeah cause like, that's why I wound up not being able to go last time I was over there and I'm like I'd like to go at some point just to be able to say I went, but like I don't know if I could hang that whole time. That's that's just that like, many people kind oh, of deal. Oh god, yeah. there's just so much. And it's like it's one of those things like all right, I'm sure once you've had a few beers, this is the most fun ever. But it's just <laughs> walking into that yeah. without that, it'd be like, Oh, this is the worst thing ever because <laughs> yeah. it's just so much going on all but, at once. But there's sausage involved. Oh god, oh, yeah. so real makes, good German yeah, sausage. Oh. That makes everything better. I miss that. That's the one thing I love about walking around over there. Like you can go and for like a Euro get like the best sausage you ever had <laughs> just from a cart sitting there. And it's like, oh if I was home, this would be like 20 bucks just to get this thing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here you go. Here, here's a bun and some great authentic German mustard. And that's it. You're good. And I'm like, yeah. that's all I need. But you know, I, I just love, like, seeing this experimentation within this style because, you know, a lot of people really do cross it off as, like, oh, I don't like pumpkin beers. And it's like, well, what ones have you had? Because they're not all going to fall in that same category. They're not all going to have the same profile. And, you know, even what we're going to be finishing the show out with, the last three that we have, like, they're all vastly, vastly different with what they're doing. And having all the, and even just today, like, all the styles we have really run the gambit. Like, Typically, when you think of pumpkin ales, a lot of breweries, what they use as the base style is basically an amber ale. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're going to go, which is kind of uh, not really front, like flavor forward it's style. not super inspiring style. Yeah. Either. It's kind of like they use that to be able to just put the spices and everything into it to have that take over. The over. tofu of beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the one thing that's interesting. With the, Whenever you've had a pumpkin beer that you haven't liked, chances are it wound up happening is that they kind of overdid with the spices. And if yeah. you're going to try doing one of these you know, yourself, what you really want to do is have the, the spices done in a very small manner. Like, you, you'd be so surprised that you could put, like, if you're doing like a five-gallon batch, if you put, like, an eighth, a tablespoon of some of these spices in, like, it comes through. Yeah. So you really, you're not going to go, oh, I want to put, like, you know, just dump, like, a, you know, three tablespoons of each one in and like I want to really taste it like it's going to be awful just awful you really have to, to dial back and if you're doing it at home too I will throw this out there don't go and buy uh, a pumpkin pie spice canister and just throw that in there because there are preservatives in that that will make you basically you'll be drinking plastic is what it'll taste yeah. like so you kind of do a little research if you're going to try brewing one of these yourself and it's a real fun one to do especially in the fall you can really, you know, you're going to start having family coming over and stuff, and you can have these beers that you did yourself. 
and show that to them. And it's really easy style to do. There's a ton of recipes online, and like I highly recommend getting into it. It's just a lot of fun, and it's just kind of really do a little bit of research on it. You'll really appreciate the time you spend doing that. Less is more up. with the spices when it yeah. comes to the pumpkin. Yeah. You don't realize how much it's going to come through. Yeah, and it's it's a lot easier, too, if you go a little under to dial it up next time yeah. instead of trying to figure out how much do I take out to get the flavor I want. Yeah. It's so much easier to do increments upward instead of figuring out like, all right, well, I put a tablespoon in. I don't know. What, should I go back to a half? And Because then, like, then you're playing a lot more where it's just going smaller upward. You get a lot more uh, ability to kind of dial in exactly what you want. It has to be actually really hard um, um, kind of beer style to uh, I guess you would say judge now that you have like a um, a lot of you know contests actually putting in pumpkin beer styles as far mm. as judging categories because there's not really many styles that can uh, encompass so many different yeah. styles so it's not like you know you have IPAs double IPAs you know you know east west this and that different hops but you're kind of staying yeah. in the same vein I mean you can go so many different directions with this beer each one we've had so far has been drastically different than the other. So to kind of, like, judge these, if you were to judge them in some kind of contest or whatever you want to call it, actually has got to be a weird one to do. Um, you just have to, but at the same time, come to think of it, pretty, pretty fun because you just be judging off what tastes the best rather yeah. than whether it's within style. Yeah. It'd just be like, okay, which one tastes Yeah, you're kind of, you, you're going to be able to figure out, like, all right, it's got, you're looking at the spices and you're trying to figure out who has it dialed in the most and what one has the most balance. Because, I mean, with any beer, the key with doing any beer, no matter what style it is, and we've, we've had breweries on here before and we've had this conversation about it's balance. And you see that when you have breweries that have focused a lot on balance, that that is where you see them really shine because that's where you're going to get all the flavors that you want, but nothing's overwhelming and you're able to actually appreciate all the things going on within it. And uh, we just cracked open another one. And this is another sour beer from Almanac Beer Company, a, a brewery. And we had them on last from the Pumpkin Show, which was their, their pumpkin beer. Sadly, they didn't do it this year, um, but they, they did an heirloom barley pumpkin, bar, uh, heirloom pumpkin barley wine last year that was, oh, I mean, like, if you could hear a room full of men just drooling <laughs> on themselves, uh, it would have been that show. And it was just an incredible, incredible pumpkin beer. Still stands up as probably my favorite pumpkin beer I've ever had. Uh, but they weren't doing it this year, sadly. But they do have their pumpkin sour this year, which is an 8.5% uh, American Wild Ale based style beer. And it just it has all these like really nice wine notes. And uh, what was it? It's aged in. You had the label in front of you. I forget. I'm getting the percentage. Bourbon wine barrels. Yeah. So you don't know it's his uh, ale brew, uh, pumpkin and spices, aged in bourbon and wine barrels. They don't tell you at what percentage. I'm sure they do somewhere. I thought but, it was um, 50-50 blend. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's it, you get that really beautiful tartness. It's starting to borderline on being really acidic, but it stops right before it kind of yeah. gets super acidic. You get that little bit of bourbon in there. You get that nice kind of wine, grapey, yeah. tanniny in there that kind of complements the sour in general. It's 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 a great beer. I mean, Almanac's yeah, Almanac's up there in the Mount Rushmore sours, kind of. Yeah, you know? they they have always been. I mean, just really cutting edge. And Almanac's a great one too because they're very uh, like you see on all their labels, farm to table. That's the big thing they push is getting fresh ingredients. They they really are trying to just do the the most flavorful things and getting natural raw ingredients and putting them in. They're not going and getting you know canned pumpkin. Like they're they're really going to out of their way to have this be what they're saying it is. And they, it's an awesome thing, too. If you go on their website, it's a really great one to look at because how they have their beers, it's there's only a handful that are year-round, and then it's constantly changing. Like, every month they have a new one added, and then you see you can see the lineage, basically, over the last, like, I think two years' worth of beers. You can see when things are released, and some have been re-released, and, like, you can kind of really work your way through and see which beers. And it's awesome to just kind of see that whole portfolio in front of you as you go and look at all these things. But this is one I was looking forward to a lot because, I mean, I, I really love a lot of the beers that Almanac is doing. As I said last year, that was my favorite pumpkin beer by far. And this is just a really nice sour one, and it's different than the funky pumpkin because it's just those flavors of blending it in with, with the bourbon barrels and everything. It just really brings out a different type of sour. Yeah, the funky pumpkin is more like 
I guess you would say, for lack of a better term, a sessionable version of this, where this isn't super impactful. It's not going to, like, you're not going to get nauseous or sick, the super acidity from a, a over-the-top sour, but definitely kicking it up a notch. You had that yeah. wine barrel, you had that bourbon barrel, you're starting to take a little bit bigger, a little bit bolder. This is almost more of a, a foodie sour beer, yes. I guess you'll say, because there's just a lot more, like, complexities. This is a good one if you are a big wine nerd and really love a lot of wine and stuff. Like, you'll, you'll get a lot out of this one. Yeah, it'd be a nice transition beer for someone trying to get from wine to yeah. beer. Definitely. All right. We're going to take another break, and we got some more great pumpkin beers, so we're going to be covering them to round out the show. But uh, stay tuned here with the Beer Geeks, WILK. Hey, everybody. It's L.A. Toronto. We're live in the Viewmont Mall in Dixon City, just off the main entrance for Applebee's and Ulta. And we're here for premium Midwest beef. We've got a deal on steaks that you're not going to get anyplace else. 20 ribeye steaks for just $25. You heard me right. This is not a misprint in my script or anything like that, although God knows we have them from time to time. But it's 20 ribeye steaks for only $25. Now, there are also similar bulk buys on pork, on chicken, on seafood. You can make one stop here in the Viewmont Mall this afternoon and not have to fill up your freezer for a long, long time. We also got uh, a chance for you to win a uh, Penn State prize package here with a t-shirt, a hoodie, and a hat. And we're standing here talking to you about anything you want. We're in the Viewmont Mall, just off Route 6 in Dixon City, and we're live on WILK. Built for business. When you run a small business, your day doesn't end at 5. It ends when the job is done. Manage inventory, process orders, pay bills, check your website. Every day, the to-do list gets longer and longer. Comcast Business understands that. That's why they offer the no-glitch switch. It's the quick, easy way to improve your business's internet. Installation takes about an hour, and if they're not on time, you get a $20 credit. They offer appointments at night or on weekends, so it won't interfere with your business. And if you're not 100% satisfied, you have 30 days to get your money back. You don't have to put up with slow downloads or emails that won't send. Just remember the no-glitch switch from Comcast Business and cross switch to better internet off your to-do list. Make the no-glitch switch. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. One-hour install applies to standard installation of one outlet. Money-back guarantee does not apply to Ethernet or hospitality services. Remember when people used to wash stuff by hand? Like clothes and dishes? (laughs) Or how about this one? Remember when you had to wash your CPAP system by hand? Wait, you still wash your CPAP by hand? Boy, we gotta catch you up. Listen, SoClean.com has created the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It's faster, more sanitary, and a heck of a lot easier than whatever you're doing. And for a limited time, you can try it at home risk-free for 30 days. You better get on this. Just call 1-800-400-8129. SoClean is completely automated and hands-free. It destroys 99.9% of all CPAP germs. Clean your CPAP system in minutes with no water or hassle. Talk about life-changing. Now, remember when you called for your in-home trial from SoClean.com? Wait, you still haven't called? (laughs) Here's the number again. It's a limited-time offer, so don't wait. Call 1-800-400-8129. 1-800-400-8129. CNAs, LPNs, RNs. Tuesday, October 13th, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., Timber Ridge Healthcare Center is hosting a nursing job fair. Timber Ridge is located on East End Boulevard behind the VA complex or apply online at TimberRidgeHealth.com. See you October 13th. It's a tough job when you got to sit here and drink some uh, delicious world-class beers. Oh, they're pumpkin beers, so they can't be world-class. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah these. <laughs> someone out there, someone probably just said that. But, uh, yeah, we, we have <laughs> we have two more to work through, and we're, we're kind of pacing ourselves to get into these. Uh, so the one we just cracked open now, this is Good Gourd from Cigar City. It is, was it 9%? I'm trying to find the ABV on here, which is always fun to try to do. I don't know if I can find it on there. It makes for great radio when you're looking at a label, too. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 uh, you know just stay tuned. Watch me or listen to me. Look for things. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, no, this is another, like, a really... 8.5. 8.5, okay. And, um, yeah, Cigar City. I mean... Oh, yeah. They're, they've... Like, we we, we had uh, Wayne Wombo. I think every... Let me see. I think almost every brewery 
Let's see. We had two roads on. We've had Boulevard on. We haven't had Almanac on. That's one we've been trying to work on. We're, we're going to be having Avery on at some point soon. We've had Encasi and we've had Cigar City. So almost all of these are breweries we've had on. We've really gotten to talk to the brewmaster before about like what they're doing in Cigar City. We talked to Wayne Wombles. Wayne really is a big foodie, really likes to pay attention to having really high-end ingredients. And you can see it's interesting in this one because, like, yes, it's a pumpkin beer that, that kind of falls in line with the other ones. But what they went out of their way to do is they have, uh, and I'm going to, I think I butchered these last year too, but uh, Celan Cinnamon. So they, they went to different regions of the world. Well, they didn't go, but they got ingredients from different regions of the yeah. world. Uh, Jamaican allspice and Zanzibar cloves and nutmeg. And and for me, that's the big difference. Like at the Nagasaki one, um, that it was all the brown sugar and a ton of nutmeg. And this Ninkasi. one, Ninkasi. I'm, no, <laughs> I was trying. It's, it's the butcher no, show. It's care. the butchering <laughs> meme show. You do care because you mentioned it. Anyway, well, um, I I just want to get the brewery. Right? Yeah, uh, it, but in this one, the cinnamon and allspice, absolute yeah. like leaders in the clubhouse, and it works. And, and not the other one, it was opposite, but that worked too. So it's not like yeah. you have to be. Perfectly balanced across the board. You just can't go over the top. Yeah, and that that's really where you see a lot of differences. I mean, all the all the pumpkin beers include some variation on these spices on on cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, allspice. They they have some kind of play within that, and you'll you'll see the difference in which one they choose to kind of lead the assault, which one they're going to put out front and then have kind of really dominate. Because you'll see some that are really clove forward, and that's another thing. There, there's been people. We've had on the show even before that really sensitive to clove. So, I mean, some pumpkin beers that are clove heavy, that's going to put them off right out of the gate. Like, you're not going to yeah. like them. So, I mean, you kind of have to, to pay attention to that. But it, it really is a play on some of those. But that's what the beer is going to be is just something involving that and really which one they choose to, to lead the way. I think it has a big play on what base style they're choosing. Because certain spices are going to play better with, with different styles. And this, this is kind of more of an imperial pumpkin ale than anything else and that that's really where it falls in line this is a much bigger one a lot more malt sweetness coming through it's not a, uh, a brown sugar type sweetness like we had it with the slayer it's just much more of a malt sweetness coming through from this one yeah and, and with this i mean it almost seems like it's like regional too because ninkasi they're oregon uh mm-hmm. so you're talking about in this one you get a lot of brown sugar and it was nutmeg. Not that that rings n- organ to me, but when you're talking about Cigar City, it's all about the cinnamon all the allspice. Yeah. For me, it's more like a regional kind of spiciness. So it's like almost you can taste where the beer is from. Yeah. And you, and you get a clue, clue what, what the, the brewer really likes, what they want to have coming through in the beer of like what spices and what flavors they want to, to lead the way for that. Because that that's really... What it comes down to is whatever, and it's just us as, as people, because, you know, we're all stupid. Whatever flavor really comes through first, that's all we really remember. Yeah. But like that's just what, what first hits our brain. And that's what we think about with this beer. And that's what they choose to, to lead the way is really going to make a statement about that beer of what they, they really want to have come through. I'm not saying they're all psychologists and they're sitting down like, well, what one? Do-? It's just a matter of <laughs> that. That's kind of how they see that style or they see those beers. And that's what they want to have. And then Cigar City is very, very much involved in a culinary type view on their their beers yeah and you see that in some of their beers incorporating certain ingredients but they they just really want to have that play so that these beers go well with food and it's funny like talking it's even funny too when you think about cigar city they're in florida that's not a real you know <laughs> fall yeah, weather fall friendly like state to have but like the, this is one of their more popular beers too i mean this is one i know you see every year and, and that's what i think is funny too with people that poo poo on pumpkin beers like you still see people like you know going crazy when they have these seasonal releases and everything. It's like, it's just, I don't know. Just don't listen to people, I guess, is what it comes down to. The weird part about Cigar City is that I can actually see this and and their Imperial Stouts and stuff like that uh, selling really well in Florida because that's a big Mm -hmm. kind of like retirement. Uh, nobody, Nobody's born in Florida. Everybody moves to Florida. <laughs> so you have all these people that probably, you know, somebody from the Northeast who lives there now drinks this beer and might fire some memories up in their brain going, yeah. okay, I remember this taste and this vibe from this beer because this is what fall is like in the Northeast. So, you know. And that's really what a lot of this is too for even... Like, we're sitting here saying how much it's like, all right, well, it's fall outside. We feel it and we see it. 
And these tastes just go hand in hand with it because to, uh, it's the pumpkin pie of it. Mm-hmm. It's like that's just I mean, like yeah, we weren't we weren't six years old sitting around the table like slamming pumpkin beers, but we were sitting <laughs> well, around. You were, <laughs> but we were sitting around slamming pumpkin pie because I know I was a fat kid. I loved that stuff when I was a kid. So it was just like you know going the to town on all that, and it's like those flavors just have that sense memory with us, which is one of the things that's it's really unique about beer that really differentiates it from even wine because. You know, I understand there's a lot of complexities within wine. There's a lot of different things going on, but it's grapes. And there's only so much of a variance that you're going to get out of different things, unless you're getting into putting it into different barrels and blah, 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 blah. But it's really going to be kind of set in a a set uh, area of of play. Whereas beer, like you have this huge gambit and it can really lock into all these different things that you remember from your childhood or just associations with, with seasons because you're going to have like, especially now we have uh, like Christmas and everything coming up, but there's a lot of those like eggnog and different flavors that we've always associated with those holidays that beer can lock into and just have it really become something more than just a drink that it becomes a part of the holiday. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you're saying about wine, like it's not that wine isn't nuanced or complex. It's just that beer has more avenues to be nuanced and complex. It can do so many more different things. That's why beer rules. Yeah, and I know, <laughs> I know there's some small yays that will make the argument, and yeah. I get it, and I, I understand. Like, I'm not saying that oh, wine is it's all tasted like it's coming out of a box. Like, no, no, it's it's there is a lot to it. It's just there's so much more variance in beer that there's so much more to play with. You can incorporate far, far more different ingredients than you, than you really could in the wine because you're going to start to get these acrid flavors playing off one another. Whereas beer, like you just, all right, well, if I'm getting an acrid flavor, let me just change the base style. Like even within the pumpkin beer, that's why you see a lot of that because it's like, well, a brewer might say, well, I want to use, you know, I want to be more heavy handed into this spice. That's not going to play well with an amber ale style or, or a stout. I want to get into to this and like kind of play with it more. Yeah. And like you can do that. And that's what's awesome about seeing this. Like, you know, we have only six beers. I mean, there, there are, I don't even know how many pumpkin beers there are at this point now because every year you have more breweries getting into it. And, and they're doing their, their research on it. They're not just saying like, oh, wow, we can make a lot of money. But, yeah, no, some of the best pumpkin beers nationwide come out of her. You have Fegley's, you have yeah. Weyerbacher, you have a lot of amazing rated high pumpkin beers so i mean they can be done well yeah and then then they're really getting into where they want this style to go and it's just continually growing and yeah there are probably some getting in for a cash grab but but you know what they're gonna fall away because you're not gonna be able to make your money off that because people are gonna see you're gonna taste right through that we'll say yes and uh but this is a time of year that a lot of breweries this is why you might see uh the shelves basically between the end of august into January is when you see the beer store shelves and craft beer bars and everything just being flooded with new beers because this is a time when a lot of breweries make a lot of their money because this these are really popular seasonal areas to, to really key in on. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, there's other ones going on, but I mean, really in that fall, winter, into the holidays, I mean, besides the fact that holidays like picking up stuff for people, but you really see a lot of breweries getting into it because there's so many people trying to get into different things and it's just a perfect time for it because you start to slow down you start to be at home more and there's just so many different things. So this is a big time where you see a lot of breweries make, you know, they go from the red to the black. Uh, you know, beer is a, a very communal thing. It's not a thing, a solitary, I mean, some people drink, I, I have no problem having a beer by myself at home, but it's a very communal thing. And once you start to get into winter months, you're inside the house, you're yeah. starting to sit with friends and family in kitchens and in uh, living rooms. And it's just, that's when beer really shines. And you sit there, enjoy a beer, talk, have a good time. That's what it's all about. It is true. And now we're getting into our last one, which, uh, this could be where the show goes totally south. Uh, this is from Avery. Now, they do a lot of really big barrel-aged beers that are incredible. Like, they have really honed in on how to do a very big beer and have it still be drinkable. A lot of flavors and not overwhelming. Like, none of these are beer. You know, I shouldn't say you're not. You could chug these, but it'd probably be the worst yeah. idea you ever made. You could chug turpentine, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not that this is turpentine. This is an absolutely <laughs> delicious beer. I'm not saying it tastes like No, but that, it's a but. bad idea. Yes. And uh, it, this is one. It ranges every year because that's the one thing that's interesting when you're getting into barrel aging beers is you can't really, even as a brewery on a large scale, you're not going to be able to say, okay, it's always going to be at this number. 
the ABV is going to range every year. And I think they have on their website, it ranges from 15 to 18 for this one. And that's where you see a lot of these barrel-aged ones because it matters on how the barrel is, what's going to pull out of the barrel. And Avery's like, they're like little mad scientists because when they throw ABVs on a bottle, it's not, oh, it's 18, it's 18.3. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like 16.135 or yeah. something. They go like They really dial it in so you yeah. know. And uh, this year's Rumpkin is 18%. So, again. Session beer. Yeah. <laughs> this is a session beer. If George was here, this would be George's session beer. Uh, now, this is one that you really need to respect, take your time with. Uh, you can let it warm up a little bit. You're going to get more of the rum coming out. Because what this is, it's it's just a big, big pumpkin ale that is aged in rum barrels. Hence, Rumpkin. And that's the thing about this beer is that you would think, okay, 18% and it's barreled, rum barrel aged. You definitely get rum. You definitely get the 18%. Actually, it's not as big as you think it would be, but it is still a pumpkin beer. It's yeah. not just a, a huge beer with a little bit of spice that they're throwing over the top just to make you think. No, it's a pumpkin beer with yeah. rum in it. It's almost, it kind of comes across more, if you want to really try to hone in a little bit more, it almost comes across like a, a pumpkin barley wine aged in rum. Yeah. It's got that like big uh, taste to it, that, that malt backbone of it. But somehow, this is the most impressive thing. Like, that's why I love to see how they hone this in. The spices come through because that's got to be a tough thing. Throwing this into a rum barrel, beefing it up to this point that those spices don't just disintegrate into everything. Like a lot of people, when they drink pumpkin beers, they want to get a pumpkin, like we've talked, pumpkin pie experience mm-hmm. out of it. This is like that rum-soaked um, cinnamon roll kind of cake, but yeah. in a pumpkin version where you're getting the actual, like, over-the-top sweetness. People would call it cloying. I would call it awesome. Uh, and uh, it just, it's its delicious. And it ages like a oh, yeah. cash money maniac. Yeah, this is definitely one to, to hang on to, too, if you want to grab a couple bottles of it. And that's the thing. It's, it's interesting when you get into these big beers. Like, yeah, it's an investment because you are... They're not cheap. None of them no. are cheap because it's not cheap to make any of these things. No. Like regardless of the size, if you're getting a beer that's 18% ABV, it, it's doesn't cost the same to make that as it does for a 5% ABV beer. <laughs> like you're putting, that ABV is beefed up because you're putting at least three times as many ingredients into it. Yes. So you are, you know, the brewery is paying to make that. They're not just saying like, oh, look at these people. Like yeah. there, there's an investment made to it, but they're great to, to grab a couple bottles to age and you can taste as it comes out and like do that every year and you can have a handful of those and like when you get to, you know, five to seven year mark on some of these beers to have a vertical of that is just such a fun experience and really, it doesn't. You don't even need to have a bunch of knowledge on beer to do it. You just will taste the difference. And some of them, some of them age really well. This one in particular, I have to tell people, you just need to age it because the spices hold up to the rum new, but they're so big in a good way that when both of those fall, they fall together. So they end yeah. up becoming every. It just nothing drops out on this one. It just becomes better and better and better. Like last year's version is almost pitch black. This is look. This is like yeah. you know, more honey orange color. So you know, and, and I love this thing. Age. No, this is a great. It's it's great too for a cool fall evening because this you don't want to talk about a beer that'll warm you up. Oh yeah, <laughs> like this will instantly warm you up. And uh, speaking of instantly warm you up, we're getting down to the end. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, Went definitely. Uh, I'm going to get this as soon as we, we close the mic and get this put up. So you head on over to our Facebook page, Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Uh, you can find out all about the Dinner with the Dead that we're doing. Fantastic event. It's going to be Wednesday, October 21st. You're going to get some great beers. You're going to be able to sit and watch Night of the Living Dead on a big screen. It's going to be a good time. Perfect for fall. And you want to get involved in this, trust me, because we did uh, Pulp Fiction a few months ago and had a blast. So definitely another one to get involved with. And definitely if you're uh, trying to figure out something to do today, head on down to Backyard Ale House for their Fall Fest. Good time. Tons of great beers. I can chili cook-off today. There's chili involved. Oh, that's involved. true. Come on. There you man. go. If you want to get fall, have some good beers and some good chili. And you know what? Don't complain about there's nothing to do around here. I just gave you two great things to do. So if you want those things to continue, get involved with those things, and then you'll find some stuff to do. There you go. That's all you got to do, man. Just get out there. And uh, next week on the show, we're going to have a real special one. It's going to be interesting. Uh, We're just getting... This is a brewery we don't really know much about, but just their artwork. As soon as you see when I post the photo of the beers, you're going to see why I asked this brewery to be on because the artwork is amazing. Uh, We're going to have Burnham (laughs) Brewing from Michigan City, Indiana on next week. Small, small brewery, but good time. So we're back here next week on WYOK with the Beer Geeks. Till then... Cheers. Cheers.
Hey everybody, Derek here. Just wanted to put a tag at the end of this week's podcast and ask that if you guys are listening to this through iTunes or any of those other type of fun services, if you could just head on over and give us a rating or a review, it would be much, much appreciated. And just continue spreading the word to all beer lovers that you know and get this thing going even bigger because we are really pushing to do a lot of cool things and any help that you guys can give us would be much appreciated. Thanks so much and we'll see you next week.